It is time for that weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Friday, September 3rd, 2010, episode 13, The Secret of Nim-ish. On today's show, we're using Splunk for support tasks, relative time range searching, and all the things you can do with scripted alerts. Let's get rolling. I gotta have more cowbell. We're back. We're back. It's episode 13 of Splunk Talk. It's Friday and it's the 13th. Well, the 13th episode of Splunk Talk anyways. Our favorite session of week, Splunk Talk. Well, most of us, most of us are back uh, today. You'll find out why most, but today we have a special mystery guest host. Jeff Blake, our good friend with the driest sense of humor uh, that I've ever seen, is out this week. I think he's summiting K2 Everest or, I don't know, maybe some hill in Chicago. In for Jeff is Mystery Person, whom we have featured in topics on the show, a man of many of the most creative Splunk-based apps. Hey, mystery guest host, who are you and where in the world are you today? Hey guys, it's Nimich. I'm in the USA, the East Coast, and happy to be here. Cool. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, when in the 80s, when uh, Jay Leno used to guest host for Johnny Carson and Tonight Show, um, I just feel like that going to Splunk Talk. The only <laughs> thing here is I'm not Jay Leno, and Jeff Blake is definitely no Johnny Carson, but you get the I gist. Can vouch, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yes, oh, great one. Awesome. Nimish is with Splunk, and uh, he is a man of many talents. It's so good to finally have you on the show, Nimish. Um, I know we did talk in the past about having the hour of Nimish because he does so many creative things. But while we're not having an hour-long podcast, having some Nimish sprinkled in from time to time is a real treat. Speaking of a real treat, our buddy Maverick, what's up, dude? Hey, dude. Yes, it is a treat to have Nimish on. He is uh, very inspirational, and um, and it's going to be a treat today. And um, I can't wait to uh, to get on with it. So uh, what are we going to do? Well, you know, at usually, as I said last week, Jeff Blake answer starts off because he's very, very uh, comfortable being first. And since Nimish is filling in for Jeff... Let him go first. You are up, Nimish. Cool. So we got a question this week from a customer, and we kind of reworded it. Um, it says, I work in a support group at a storage company. Our customers often send us logs, patients in historical form uh, from our devices and the systems they run on. Splunk seems to like this kind of data, but I'm not sure what the right approach is. How can I use Splunk to manage these configurations, historical data, and logs. I got that. I'll take that one. Um, so you know, it might be worth chatting a little bit about how we use Splunk at Splunk because this particular person, you know, works in the support group and a lot of times, um, you know, at a storage company and, you know, he gets lots of logs, configs, and system stuff and the customers send it up there and he doesn't have access to their systems. So what we do at Splunk, we do the same thing. When you, let's say you're having difficulty with Splunk, maybe something's broken, something's crashed, or God forbid you misconfigured something. 
Believe me, it happens to me. Um, when you file a support case, uh, one of the things that we often like to collect is something called a diag. So if you go to the command line and run the command Splunk space diag or Splunk diag, kind of like diagnose, and you hit, hit it enter or return or the any key, Splunk will basically take all of its own logs, not your logs that you ate with Splunk, but all of its logs, its configuration files, a little snapshot of your system, like how many cores are you using, how much memory is there, what kind of processes are running at that particular time. And it bundles it up into a zip file, which you, uh, the user, upload to your support case. Or, you know, maybe you send it to Maverick if he's helping you. Now, what we actually do at Splunk is we take that big old gzip file, which has your uh, Splunk logs in it, has your config files. So different types of data that are not just logs. We take that and we Splunk it, okay? What we usually do is we take, uh, when we eat it with Splunk, is we name uh, the host name of that particular file, like your case number. So let's say host equals case 60489. And then we eat that file, and we now have uh, in Splunk the time series record of everything that you did. Every time that you know um, you added a data input, every time logs were eaten, and it lets us find out interesting things like maybe your machine is underpowered, maybe you're throwing too much at it, maybe there are some errors that are happening, or you know sometimes Splunk crashes, you know, it's software, and we use it in a very similar way. So you know, to answer this question, it's um, you know just take a look at the data that you're putting in. Sometimes you might have to tell it, hey, this is a config file, versus this is um, maybe a piece of source code that you you capture or whatever but it's a pretty cool tool and you know hopefully that helps answer the question and give you guys an idea on how we actually use splunk to help you fix your splunk while it's splunking so (laughs) ah good answer ah i feel so good about that answer because it rained last night in austin it's finally raining and it's no longer as hot as it's been lately aside from the weather i have a question if you should so desire to answer it. Currently, I have a scheduled search alert action to trigger a shell script that sends an SNMP trap to Netcool, and it's working great. Now, I'd like to do some of my own custom scripting with scheduled search results. What kind of scripts can I run, and well, what options are there? All right, I'll take this one because I really, I'm an advocate for this one. I think this is um, one of the few things that people don't realize how much power they really have with the product by doing this. So so Splunk gives you this hook to run the script. You're sending an SNMP trap. That's a typical thing that people do. But I'm glad to hear that you're wanting to do more with it and more custom things with it. Because what we do is we provide a way to pass in the, the, the information from the trigger search that you have that's triggering it to begin with. All of the um, types of data that you might want to take and do something with, such as opening a ticket or maybe you might want to insert some specific fields that correlate together into a database table for some other purpose. Maybe you want to um, maybe you want to send an SMS message to your phone. Um, and, you know, just you can creatively think of all kinds of things to to trigger and do as an action uh, with a script. And so, um, some of the some of the pieces of information that we pass with it's pretty rich. Uh, we can give you the number of events that were returned. We can give you the name that actually triggers 
So you can take that name and you can even write a handler script, a more generic handler script to maybe do several things depending on what the name of it is. Um, you can look at the search terms. You can even get the actual data set that, that we store on disk temporarily in a, in a CSV gzipped uh, file under, uh, I think it's var run Splunk. And you can uh, actually, your script can go get it and manipulate it and do things with it. From there, um, you know, no matter what size it is, you can write it to handle it. Um, and, you know, it, and you can even uh, have the handle to the search that was triggered. So you could pass that also and then have that other tool then uh, maybe have a right mouse click menu that then launches back into Splunk uh, with that URL. So oh, that's kind of sweet. Um, like that. Yeah, it ends up. Yeah. yeah, it ends up being really good. And the types of types of scripts. I mean, you, if you have the uh, supported language like Perl or Python, you can you can write it in those. On Windows, you can use a batch script. Um, I will say um, that I have seen a few instances. Depending on your environment, you may need to wrap it in in a in a, a language that's more native, like a shell script. Like put your Python inside a shell script, or put the command script inside a batch script on Windows, for example. Sorry about that. And Keep going. It's okay. So, so it ends up being, you know, um, you know, something that's uh, pretty, uh, pretty easy to do, pretty powerful. So, yeah, I, I, lo I love this question. That was a pretty great answer, Maverick. Pretty Thank great you. answer. I, I like love it. that question. I like it. I'll bet you that Maverick has a question. Do you have a question? I always have a question around this time. It's wait, weird. just weird. wait. We'll okay. get to Maverick in a minute. All right. But we have some stuff coming up. We have some stuff coming up. Last week, we mentioned how Splunk was going to be at VMworld. And they're, I think they just ended the other day. And uh, uh, the show was pretty great. People were checking out the VMware app that we have and are finishing up. So that's kind of cool. A um, couple things coming up. We've got a security conference happening on the 13th through the 15th in Vegas. Because that's where all the cool security stuff is, in Vegas. Because Vegas is secure but the isaca conference is there and it's information security and risk type uh stuff 13 through the 15th the super nerdy sans network security conferences on the 21st 921 in vegas at caesar's palace same place and then an entire world away on the exact same day of course, this is going to screw up all the people in Paris that we're going to fly to Las Vegas for this. Splunk Live in Paris on 21 September 2010. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, but of course. <laughs> time, to, time to make a difference. You know, our buddy Lionel Hartman, who is the uh, VP of support at Splunk, who is Lionel. A he's a Frenchman. He will be over there. I'm going to make a video with him one day. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna have him do it all in French, and I'm gonna subtitle it in English. You know, but I don't know. I don't speak French, so I'm just gonna make up whatever he whatever he's. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have say wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, everything will be wee oui, wee. Oui, yeah. Le petit fromage. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Java One coming up, which is is always very exciting. I know Nimish. Java is, One. Nimish is a big fan of oui, Java. Oui. <laughs> oui, oui. Hey, I That's think. All I can hey, say for I now. think. I think we have a I think we have uh, a replacement for Blake already right here. <laughs> who's Jeff Blake? <laughs> yeah, who's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right, I have a question. Can I ask my question? You can ask a question. Fine. Go ahead. Thank you. Every Monday morning, this is the question by the way. Every Monday morning, I like I'd like to run a search that retrieves a report on failed logins. 
that are, you know, to my VMware ESX server. And see, so he wrote it a little different. Failed logins to my VMware ESX that happened over the weekend. So in other words, I guess he's having it happening over the weekend. People are logging and failing to log into VMware. He says, I'm not sure which time range to use in my search. Can, I, can you help? That's, that's a good one. Hey, Bev, I'll take that. Uh, so but let's start with this. The nice thing about Splunk is that time is a primary key. So there's very, very many ways to look up time. And so let's answer a specific question. I want to know what happened in the last two days. So on Monday morning, I want to know what happened on Saturday and Sunday. So what's a time modifier to do that? Well, we can start off with Splunk Web. If you go into Splunk Web and you click on the time picker, you click on custom time range, you're going to see a GUI in front of you, a dialog box. And one of the things you can say is relative time. And in our example, we want to go two days before. So you can say earliest time is two uh, days. And there's another concept called snap two. We call that uh, where you take a specific modifier and you literally use the word snap where it goes to the actual uh, range that's used. So it could be hours, minutes, seconds, days. In our case, we're going to snap it today. So it would be midnight of uh, Friday night or actually 1201 um, Saturday morning, whichever way you want to look at it. So that tells you the earliest time. We also want to know latest time. Latest time means that, okay, uh, when does my search end here? In your case, you want it to end at midnight Sunday night. So another concept in that same GUI is called advanced search language. And uh, you can click on that. And to answer your question specifically, it's minus 2D at D. D stands for day. That snaps it to the Saturday morning. And the latest time would be at D, which is snap to the day before, which in this case is Sunday. Um, that's how you do it with um, Splunk Web. Now, if you want to do this through the command line, uh, all you have to do is type the word earliest equals minus 2D at D and latest equals at D. That's it. That's the time modifier. So that gives you the relative time. So the general answer is you can use this relative time range anytime you want for any of these questions you have. This specific one you wanted for those two days before Monday. But if you had this for, let's say, days, weeks, uh, let's say you had it for, for 15 seconds. The last 15 seconds would be minus 15 S at S. And you could snap it to uh, S, of course, seconds. And the latest time would be at S for the, the last second. So relative time is very easy to do. Uh, just use custom time range in the GUI. Or you can use latest and earliest as the keywords uh, to write these things down. That is awesome. Awesome answer. You know, when I was uh, listening to you, it's I sort of, it sort of dawned on me that when you index uh, stuff with Splunk, uh, the time field, aside from having time, we add in a bunch more particular fields. Like there's one called date underscore W day. And you'd find Saturday uh, and Sunday as particular days in there. So you might look at, um, you know, in the past week where date w day equals saturday or date w day equals sunday and you know run it like that to, with nimish nimish's approach it's also good to really think about how many days ago this thing actually was that happened so um i like 
I like his uh, relative time approach. Pretty pretty cool. Thank you, Nimish. Do you ever watch Family Guy, you guys? Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. I feel like that episode where the dog forgot his name. What's his name? Brian. Bob something. Brian. Brian. Yeah. Brian gets replaced by uh, new Brian. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And new Brian did a pretty good job until the very end where he does something where he shouldn't have done to Stewie's little pet uh, or stuffed animal. And then new Brian got slaughtered. <laughs> I'm hoping that's not how it ends for me. Yeah, hey, I think I think he just came up with the title for this episode. New Jeff. Okay. <laughs> New Jeff. New Jeff is doing just fine. Okay. Excellent questions. Great answers. Especially the ones that Nimish did. Uh, if you, the listener, have feedback, like you guys are awesome, or I want t-shirts, uh, or would like to submit a question to be answered on air, send us an email to splunktalk at splunk.com. You know, maybe I should get a Twitter account, too, for that. Um, All right, for my favorite segment of the week is what did I learn this week? This, of course, can be about Splunk anything or anything randomly technical. Uh, I've got something other than all the awesome products that came out from Apple this week, which I won't talk about. Um, Follow me on Twitter. You'll know that I'm going to buy three Apple TVs. But, um, you know, I mentioned last week that we uh, were were tracking all of our analytics with Splunk uh, for the Splunk Talk podcast. And, you know, we had a person from Tanzania listening on his or her iPhone. Um, we've, we've got, we're up to something. We're, I think we're close to about 200 listeners and listeners, which is awesome. We love the fact that lots of people listen to it. And the, the listenership is growing. Um, top countries. We've got people from Ukraine, Thailand, South Africa, France. Thank goodness for the folks in France, because now they know that Splunk Live is coming. United oui, States, oui. of course. Australia, Austria, Brazil. A lot of um, a lot of people everywhere around the world. And we're pretty flattered that you guys listen to our show and give us feedback and tell your friends about it and of course, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Reader or whatever method you use. I'll try to put some more stats together because we've got, um, we've also got, you know, it's interesting. Madison, Madison, Wisconsin is like the top city this week of listeners of Splunk Talk. Cool. Madison. Go, go Badgers. I grew up in Wisconsin, so. Badgers. Right on. That's, it's probably all your family. Uh, my family actually lives in the Milwaukee area, so. Oh, okay. Well, um, then scratch that. 24, 24 downloads from Madison. So I'm wondering if Nimish like has something really cool that he could like talk about. You Probably. Know. <laughs> he's Nimish. He, he's guaranteed to have something cool. He is the Nimish. The Nimish. All right. So you want something cool? Well, let me let me start off with something splunk, and then maybe something cool in a minute. Please. So one thing I learned this week is that. You know, we have hundreds of thousands of people downloading Splunk every year, and uh, they index things and they're happy doing searches. But they don't realize that Splunk does event correlations, where you can correlate different events based on different attributes, different fields, and uh, analyze it and make uh, decisions on it. So Splunk does this out of the box. So to help people out, what I did is I posted a little blog entry on this on Splunk.com. You can just go to the page. I know it's a promotion for my blog, but just read it. You'll, you'll, you'll have a good understanding of how it does event correlation. You're allowed, right, you're allowed to plug your blog. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. Well, let's talk about the fun thing. You know, that's what Matt wants to hear. So 
this is not about something I learned. This is something which I wanted to do. Um, everyone uses Splunk for IT search. They use it for things such as security events uh, to find uh, uh, things that are going wrong in your environment, performance monitoring, troubleshooting, all these geeky things. And that's what Splunk's designed for. Great. But I just thought, you know what? Splunk itself, the actual product could be used for entertainment. So I thought, boy, I did that. I created something called the radio station app on Splunkbase. You download it, install it. There's instructions how to do it. It's very easy to do. And all you do is provide it a list of your favorite radio stations. Uh, right now, it's set to U.S. radio stations only. Sorry about that in France. Um, we, we may internationalize that later. But what it does, it'll index every song that's being played while Splunk is running, as in the name of the song, the name of the artist, uh, the genre, and what time it got played. Now, that itself could be fun if you're into statistics, but that's not really the fun part. The fun part of it is something called workflow actions, which we used to call event actions or field actions in, uh, in Splunk 3. And what that allows you to do is actually create different types of, uh, I guess we call it, GUI actions on fields that have been extracted. In this particular case, I have the song field that's being extracted up your favorite radio stations. And uh, one of the actions is you get to uh, see what lyrics are being uh, played for that what, what lyrics are for that song. Another one is you can actually play the song if it's in public domain. Um, you can click on the artist and that will tell you things such as uh, things about the artist. Uh, you can click on the station itself and it'll let you see statistics about the station and also let you play the station online if you happen to want to just listen to it as is. Uh, and one more thing for entertainment, it has nothing to do with Splunk, is I just added another panel on the dashboard called Internet Radio. All you have to do is click on any of the radio stations there and there's instructions if you want to add more and you can start playing radio straight from Splunk web. Uh, Safari or, or uh, on Firefox as your browser. But you can modify this as is, uh, use it, do whatever you want with it. But the main thing is you can play music that's, in the word Neil Pert. It's amazing. One likes to believe in the freedom of music. And yeah, hopefully exactly. I <laughs> unleashed a lot of music on you. New Jeff, that was awesome. You know, and it is totally awesome. New Jeff, you're my hero. That is so cool. You know, I'm a musician, so that's like I love radio and love music. So that would, oh my gosh, I just thank you for sharing. Maverick, where are you on Splunk Answers? Where are you? Oh, I'm holding at number 14. I've just been uh, dwarfed by another customer that beat me. It's weird. It's like my customers are starting to be more active than I am now. So that's good, but I'm not, I haven't fallen to 15th ever yet. So. I dare anyone out there listening to try to displace me to beyond uh, 14th position. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. No, you won't even come close. I'm talking <laughs> about real customers that really will actually have a chance. Why is that got to be like that, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, come okay. on, New Jeff. You have to be like. Where's New Jeff? New Jeff. my side. <laughs> New Jeff, what's your ranking on Splunk Base? Oh, I'm or probably in, in the little student category or scholar or whatever they call it. <laughs> I, I hang out more in the uh, Splunk base world rather than Splunk Answers. He's, so. he's the king of Splunk base, so he doesn't need to worry about Splunk Answers. <laughs> well, this is pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show, Nimish. It's cool. It was great to have you, Nimish New Jeff. Uh, Thanks. 
as we always usually say, visit splunk.tv to subscribe or listen live every Friday. We're getting close to doing the live shows. We do this at 11 a.m. CST. Um, as always, to be part of the show, submit a question, give us some feedback, send an email to splunktalk at splunk.com, and have a great week, and happy splunking. Y'all better watch out now. Because Splunk is about to take over.